Hello and welcome to But Have You Considered Therapy? A podcast focused on mental health and social justice. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started, although myself and some of my guests are mental health professionals, uh, in no way is this podcast intended to be a substitute for clinical mental health services. If you are in crisis and need assistance, please call 911 immediately. Additionally, since myself and some of my guests provide mental health services, pseudonyms may be used and last names may be avoided. The views expressed in this podcast belong solely to the host and the guests and are not affiliated with any agency. Whew, that was a mouthful. Okay, now please enjoy this week's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to a very special episode of But Have You Considered Therapy? Um, this is Mel, and today, um, myself and my producer, Sam, are just going to have kind of a conversation um, about how to take care of ourselves right now during election season and also during a global pandemic, which is still happening. Um, hi, Sam. Hi. Hi, Mel. Um, it's been a really hard couple of weeks for me. I don't know about everybody else, but especially as we gear up uh towards election day. And actually, as we're speaking tonight is the last presidential debate. Um, so there's a lot to talk about as we've had a lot, you know, that we're trying to get through and process and, um, you know, also make sure we're doing our part and, and voting and, and, you know, taking place, taking a part in our, you know, civic duties. Uh, anyway, so just, yeah, I wanted to hear from you and, you know, start to get some maybe good, uh, coping, uh, coping skills and stretch those muscles for everybody here who's also having a hard time. So, um, so what are you telling your clients who are having, you know, election blues and, and stress over those times? Yeah, I'm, that's a great question. I'm telling my clients a couple of things. Um, and you know, one of those things is we can talk about, strategizing self-care we can talk about what to do on election night on election day we can talk about um limiting time on social media and having people to call and and all that stuff And, and we can talk about that today too um but the other thing i'm kind of telling people is like at least for me and for a lot of people that i know that there's not there's really no like amount of self-care that you can do that's just going to erase the stress that many of us are feeling. Um, And I think it's easy to sort of feel like, I mean, if you're in that sort of perfectionist type A space that Sam, I know you and I are both in, um, it can feel like this additional stress of like, man, I'm failing at self-care, right? Like, like I'm not doing enough. I'm not taking enough care of myself. Um, because I'm still feeling really stressed. And so I kind of want to just like name that, um, from the jump and just say that it's like, it's going to be stressful and you're going to feel stressed and you probably felt stressed for many months and you might've even felt stressed for many years. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're, um, necessarily not taking good enough care of yourself. Um, but there also could be ways that, Um, you could take care of yourself in different ways, more effectively. Um, and that might be worth kind of talking about today because I think 
some people are, are just feeling very helpless. Um, that's a, that's a word I'm hearing a lot from clients, helpless, hopeless, um, scared, um, really worried, really existentially, <laughs> very freaked out. Um, and that kind of stuff is, is a really valid because we're in, um, a situation that warrants those kind of responses. Um, and B is just stuff that's not going to just totally go away, um, by taking like a nice soothing bath, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if anyone I'm, you know, I'm feeling a lot less alone in this now (laughs) because it does feel like I've been preparing for this moment. And especially those of us who've, you know, um, been in therapy for quite a while, this is our, you know, kind of Rocky Balboa moment to say, this is, I'm in a, you know, I'm really ready for this fight. Um, but it's just, it's finding all of those, um, those things that have worked previously are, are not working now because it's just too much. It's so, it's so much, like you said, between the pandemic, which is still happening and, um, of, of, you know, the media frenzy around all of this and everything that we consume is consumed of this. Um, so we're still in the middle, we're still in the middle of a civil rights movement. Right. Like there's a lot happening for a lot of people. Right. Um, so I guess, uh, let's, you know, t- talking through, especially for us, we, we find a lot of comfort in, um, our online communities, especially now with the lack of physical connection that we're getting for, with people. Um, but really social media has also been the hugest divisive piece for us and can be, you know, a lot of people are not downloading, um, those social apps on their phones or, or taking, you know, letting people know they're taking a break. Um, mm-hmm. what do you suggest for people who are have, who maybe can't seem to, you know, take a break or are, you know, finding themselves getting more and more riled up with their interactions on social media? Yeah, I, I definitely, um, think that social media, like you said, can kind of be this like blessing and this curse, right? Like for right now, um, it is the primary way that people are feeling connected to other people. Um, and at the same time, it is like inherently disconnecting in many ways. So, you know, my kind of advice for using social media, um, is just, is to try to be really intentional about it. Um, and so many of us and myself included, I absolutely, uh, I absolutely do this. We'll just, we'll just like literally pick up our phone and we won't even know what we're doing. And suddenly we're on Twitter and we've been scrolling for five minutes, you know, and that, that is a really, um, kind of, uh, dissociative, um, flight or freeze response. Um, it's a very kind of like escapist, um, sort of, thing that we're doing and and probably what happened in that moment when we like picked up the phone we didn't even realize it but we probably had this moment of like an uncomfortable feeling or thought and our first instinct was just to go nope I don't like that I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to scroll through the pictures and I'm going to distract myself um and sometimes like that might be really good for you and what you need. Sometimes a distraction is okay. And sometimes, um, a feeling is too painful and too scary. And we do need a moment to feel distracted. Um, but I think as much as you can, if you can kind of 
try to start noticing like when you're picking up your phone um, and maybe just like sit for a second and think like, what do I, what do I need right now? Um, what do I think that opening Instagram and scrolling is going to give me? Right. Um, and, and can I get that in another way? Um, that might be a little less harmful and that might expose me to a little bit less like stressful content. So, you know, maybe instead of scrolling through like Instagram, I put on like an old movie that I love to watch that I've seen 20 times that like always makes me laugh and there are no surprises and it's like really not stressful. You know, maybe (laughs) I put on an episode of 30 Rock that I've seen 500 times. Um, For me, my go-to is always sandwich day. Um, (laughs) And, you know, or maybe, um, maybe what I'm really looking for in this moment is like comfort. Um, maybe I really want to just feel kind of comforted and and feel like other people maybe are having the same experience I am. Um, and so instead of scrolling through social media, maybe that's a moment to text a friend or call a friend or, um, talk to your roommate or your partner or whoever you live with. Um, you know, maybe what you are looking for in that moment, um, is, um, pleasure and you're looking for something to like make you smile or, um, to make you laugh or to, you know, whatever. Um, and could you, um, you know, maybe find that in a different space? Could you look up, um, one of your favorite stand-up comedians on YouTube? Could you, um, pick up a book that you, um, find really funny and and entertaining. Right. So it's, it's really about, I think what, what can be the most helpful is just not being on such autopilot with it and kind of just reaching for it in any moment where you feel bored or scared or whatever. Um, and just sitting and thinking like, is this going to serve me right now? Like, is this, is this really going to do any good for me or, would I maybe be better off like taking a nice walk outside? Um, would I maybe be better off um, doodling um, or making myself a smoothie or calling my mom? Like yeah. what, what could I, what could I do here that might, that might soothe me a little bit more that maybe just doesn't feel as obvious or as easy. Right. Yeah. Those are great. You listed so many um go-tos that are also, you know, on my list. And I guess it's like, that's maybe kind of a, the a next tip is to have a list ready to go of those things of oh my gosh, yes. keeping a track yes. of, I don't know of a, on your phone or a post-it somewhere, maybe some lists of coping based on what you're needing. Like you said, if it's, is a comfort connection, pleasure, maybe like having a couple go-tos ready. So you don't have to be you're already thinking of so much new things, right? Like let yourself already have this ready to go. Yes. No, I think that's such a great idea. Um, and we, you know, I, my partner and I did that at the beginning of the pandemic um, when we knew we were going to be stuck at home and we made a list of, I think we came up with like 15 or 20 things that we could do um, when we felt like bored or when we felt freaked out or, um, just kind of needed something to do. And it was really helpful because sometimes in a moment where you're having a really tough feeling, um, you, you can't, you're, you're not like thinking with your full frontal cortex and you're not totally able to conjure up like, 
oh, in this moment, I would really like to like go to the park and like look at wildflowers, you know? But right? Isn't it? Isn't it called lizard brain? Isn't that what like? Right. Yeah. Comes no, in? you're literally exactly like in in these in this particular day and age, like it's so common to just constantly feel um, like you're in danger. (laughs) And when you're in danger, you're living in your amygdala, which is like the the base of your brain. And that's what people call your lizard brain. And that part of your brain is literally only concerned with survival. Um, It's not, it's all of its energy is like diverted into like, what do I do to survive this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, And you're not like, when you're stuck in that amygdala space, like you're not, you're literally not capable of like abstract or complex thought um, because all your energy is being diverted into this other, into survival. And so in a moment where you're feeling really panicked or scared Um, it can be really helpful to have like, yeah, like a brightly colored piece of paper there that just says, you know, when you feel panicked, it feels really good to like, you know, take 10 deep breaths and then like jog around the block. Like that's something I know that really soothes me when I feel that way. Um, and I have clients, we make, we make lists, we make plans. Mm -hmm. Um, we talk about, um, you know, people to call we talk about um activities that we can do that feel soothing and helpful um and then we also talk about like what it what an emergency might look like and if you're really in a space where you feel like you can't take care of yourself or you're in danger um what to do in that moment and i think for a lot of people like that's a reality right now is feeling um in danger either from outside threats or just feeling not safe with themselves because they feel so hopeless and so helpless. Yeah. Um, and so creating a safety plan of like, here's what I'm going to do if I really start to spiral um, can be, can be literally life-saving and can be um, really helpful in those moments where we don't necessarily have the capacity to be thinking in our super, um, in our like higher brain. Right. And it's, it's a future gift you give yourself. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I talked with my therapist um, about the day after election day um, and making a plan for myself on that day of like, you know, I I took the day off of work because I just have no idea. You know, I'm like, I have no idea how I'm going to feel that day. And uh, I know for one thing, though, I don't want to be in a bunch of meetings and trying to counsel people. (laughs) Um, No matter no matter what. So, um, you know, we talked about like, okay, here's a list of activities to do if I wake up and I'm sad and low energy. And here's a list of activities if I wake up and I'm um, happy and low energy, you know, and, and here's here's a list if I'm sad and high energy. Yeah, um, that's just great. So I, yeah, just so I can wake up and just look at it and be like, all right, here's my plan. And I don't have to think about it because I don't know what, I have no idea what my capacity is going to be like that day. I might be clear as a bell or I might be a total zombie. It's (laughs) it's impossible to know. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, um, that's so great. And it sounds like just based on what you're needing that day that I like the, I also love the list based on energy level of what you think you'll be able to do. Like what, you know, Mm -hmm. what you could you do that takes a minute, but what's 30 minutes if you've got more, you know, time dedicate to it. So, um, that is, you know, I think that's, wonderful tip um yeah I think that's a good point too Sam is breaking it down by time so like Mm -hmm. yeah what 
what's a helpful thing to do if I have one minute, if I have five minutes, yeah. if I have an hour, um, you know, because those are all going to be different. And sometimes you only have a minute to like mm-hmm. get your shit together right. and you might need to go to something that like calms your nervous system down very quickly. Right. Um, so yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, yes. One thing I definitely, you know, want to discuss today is that, um, this election, uh, you know, unlike any other is, is really been fueled by, you know, negative partisanship and, 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 you know, m- meaning that this is not so much, it's m- people mostly hating the other one more <laughs> and <laughs> within that fuels, um, a whole lot of anim- animosity, you know, between us as, um, as groups of people and people that have different lived experiences, different geographical locations, different, um, you know, intersectionalities themselves. And so, um, so how would you, and again, this is where, this is not a podcast to shame one side or another. So I guess kind of universally, um, what's the gentlest approach you can take for yourself and for others when you're finding some of that friction with people that, you know, you might be close to by, by choice or not by choice, um, but might be just kind of in your, in your spheres. Yeah. That's a great question. I know that's coming up for so many people. It's just like, you know, I have a relative or a friend or someone who um, I'm discovering I have value differences with, Um, whether, you know, and that's happening on both sides of the aisle, so to speak. And um, I think, you know, my first, (laughs) the first thing that comes up for me is like, know when, um, when, when it's worth your time, right? Like there are, there are people who are determined to misunderstand you and who will speak to you disrespectfully and intentionally hurtfully. Um, and those people might be people that like, it's okay to sort of step back from right now. Um, or, I mean, or permanently in some cases, but at least, you know, maybe, um, for the time being, um, it's okay to put boundaries on relationships. It's okay to tell people, um, I'm not interested in talking about politics with you. Um, I'm not interested in talking about the election. I'm not interested in talking about X, Y, Z with you. Um, if you want to continue to have a relationship with me right now, I, I want to, you know, this is kind of how it's going to go. Um, but in terms of sort of connecting to people, um, with whom you are experiencing those value differences. Um, For me, I think it really comes back to the concept of empathy um, and not necessarily trying to like see the other side in terms of like trying to see like, well, maybe they have a point that white people are better. You know, I don't mean (laughs) that. I mean, trying to see what kind of life experiences might lead someone to have this value difference, um, and not, not necessarily condoning it, but maybe like getting it a little bit, right? Like understanding, um, when people are acting out of fear, um, fear that the, that like, maybe that the life that they have is going to be changed in some way because, suddenly um, more marginalized groups are afforded more um, rights and are being oppressed less. 
Um, what's that going to mean for, for me? You know, does that mean I'm going to have fewer rights if these other people have more rights? Right. Um, does that mean certain things are going to be taken away from me? Um, you know, I think, I think a lot about this, this quote, and I, I really, I wish I'd like looked it up because I have no idea who to attribute it to. And I think I'll probably even butcher the quote, but it's something to the effect of like, I can't know what I know because if I knew what I knew, I'd have to like reconcile with it. And, you know, that feeling of like when people are so prickly about the idea of like white privilege or something like that, um, they, I think a lot of times it it feels like a threat. It Mm -hmm. feels like someone is telling me that maybe, um, maybe I'm not like, maybe I don't have everything I have because I deserve it. And maybe I don't have everything I have because I worked really hard for it. Um, which is not necessarily what people are saying when they talk about privilege, but that's how people could hear it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think as much as you're able, and I also want to say that like, I think people who belong to like people of color, people in the LGBTQ community, like folks who experience marginalized existences, like you, y'all do whatever you need to protect yourselves. Like I, I, I'm not going to sit here and say like, you should really sit there and try to have like a lot of empathy for like your racist uncle. Like I, I'm, I'm not in that business. Um, I, I think when I, when I talk about this kind of like coming from empathy, trying to see where someone is coming from. Um, I think that emotional labor should predominantly rest on the shoulders of people like me and people like you, Sam, who are um, white privileged people who have the ability to um, kind of use their power to influence um, people who, who need to be influenced in a certain way. And so, um, so yeah, but I think if you can, if you can sit with someone and I, I I try to think about it, like with my therapy clients, like I, I've never had a therapy client that I didn't like. Um, I've had therapy clients that have really different, um, views than I do Mm -hmm. and who are, are on like the other side of the political aisle and who have different values than I do and different beliefs. Um, and I find that as soon as I get to know them and understand who they are and where they're coming from, it's a lot easier for me to talk to them about that kind of stuff in a really neutral way um, and just be like curious about it versus like agendaed about it and trying to push them in one direction. Mm-hmm. Um, once I, once I kind of understand them, it's a lot easier for me to just kind of be like, well, tell me more about like how you, how you came to feel that way. Um, you know, what, what, what comes up for you when you hear the phrase black lives matter? Like, mm-hmm. why does that feel so scary? Um, so yeah, I, I think as much as people have the energy and God knows, I don't have much energy left this year, but, um, coming through with empathy and trying to understand where people are coming from, um, can be, can be healing and can be helpful. Yeah. That's that's really important and really powerful, like you said, not um, not to, again, uh, to make any excuses for anybody, but you can validate somebody's lived experiences by just acknowledging them in that way. And that is not, you know, citing or, or, or bending your authentic self for values to, to this, yeah. but um, well, you can recognize yeah. that every, we're all on different paths. 
Totally. And I mean, even, you know, and again, if anybody's out there listening and you're in support of Donald Trump, like Sam said, like, I'm not here to shame you. Um, I don't, I don't particularly, I don't personally support Donald Trump. Um, but even Donald Trump, you know, there's all this behavior that I see that I find to be just completely abhorrent and disgusting and, and, and awful. Um, and what, you know, we know that his father was incredibly emotionally abusive and probably physically abusive and withholding and, um, you know, absolutely never showed the, the smallest inkling of love towards his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, I, I definitely believe that like your trauma is not your fault, but it is your responsibility, right? Like if you, have been traumatized. Um, the fact that you experienced that trauma was not your fault, but healing from it is your responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so I don't absolve Donald Trump of like his behavior because he had a shitty childhood. Um, what I feel like I can though have empathy for is like five-year-old Donald Trump, mm-hmm. right? Who like, pro- who like undoubtedly, you know, tried to like get his father's attention and walked into his father's office and like tugged on his pants leg and wanted to show him like a drawing and his father just like waved him aside and didn't hug him and didn't tell him he was special or anything like that. And I can have empathy for that child who grew up into, you know, a malignant narcissist. Mm-hmm, um, right. And that's, that's how those are made. So, you know, it's like even even though I, I, again, I don't absolve him of any of that behavior. I get why he's the way he is. Like I, I can see once, once we learned yeah. kind of about his childhood, it's like, Oh, of course you're like this. Like, yeah, I thought, no, a thousand percent. We, there's not, we can see the writings on the wall, right? We, we, right, get, you, we it's, it's pretty cut and dry. We understand what happened. Right. Uh, you never had any, he never had any hope of being anything else right. really. Right. Um, which is very, which is really quite tragic because his life is probably really loveless and really sad. And, and, uh, anyway, so yeah, so it's, I think I, I would love to see the, uh, Donald Trump as therapy client of just what, oh what God. that would be like. Could you, could you imagine? Well, and it's great. You know, that's the thing is people, um, people with narcissistic personality disorder, which, you know, i I'm not Trump's therapist, so I can't make like an official diagnosis, but there have been a lot of mental health professionals that agree that he certainly exhibits a lot of symptoms of that disorder. Um, the people with that disorder almost never go to therapy. Right. Uh, because they don't think, they don't think anything's wrong with them because they think that they're, they're, uh, that every, everybody else is the problem. Right. 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 Um, so uh-huh. it's, yeah. And, yeah. and they do a lot of damage because, because of that. Yeah, totally. It's yeah, and it's like you said, it's up to you to heal that and to uh, you know potentially recognize that in others and and just encourage you know open discussions around. This is why this podcast exists. This is why we, you know, talk about this openly. Um, so we can all we can heal that because it's it's possible for you know for a lot of people who aren't who aren't using it. Um, I want to, yeah. we're going to wrap up here in a second, but um, I want to hear from you. We talked a lot about some really great to do's, um, on your coping list, especially, you know, get into election day, the day after election day, the week after, um, 
what is, I guess, like, let's do a, what's a don'ts list? What are you not recommending doing mm. on election day or the days oh, following? Man. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, I, I feel like what comes up for me first is like, don't panic. Um, and I'm hopeful that there's going to be a result that makes me not feel as panicked as, um, the other potential result. Um, but I know that honestly with either result, there's, it's probably going to be some unrest and, um, it's going to feel really unsettled and weird for a while. And so I think, um, what I, what I want for, for our listeners and for myself and for everybody is just like, take a breath, like, however it turns out, like, take a breath. There will be plenty of time for, um, figuring it out and coming together to support each other. Um, but I, I would say try not to get yourself into this spiral of like, well, if this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then the world blows up, you know, like it's so, I think it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole. Um, and people, I think people kind of are like, well, but that's pragmatic. Like I want to be prepared for the worst case scenario. And it's like, there's a really big difference between like planning and worrying or preparing and worrying. Um, and so if you're worried you know, make a plan. Like if you feel like there's an outcome where after election day, you're not going to feel safe, start planning right now what that looks like. Who are the safe people you can um, be in touch with? Like, do you need, um, do you need to have some kind of protection in your home? Do you need to have, do you feel like you want to have like a, an apocalypse bag, (laughs) like, you know, like, a, um, you know, again, it's like, there will be, there, there will be unrest, like no matter what happens, there will be unrest. And I think there, it will be more dangerous for some people than it is for others. Um, and I just encourage you like to not, just lose yourself in the fear of like, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if, like plan, prepare, talk to each other, connect with people, make sure everybody's on the same page. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and if it goes the way you, you want it to go, um, like spend that day, like celebrating, you know, because again, there probably will be unrest in the months to come, but it, I think it's important to celebrate a win when we get it. Um, so that would be my advice. I, I don't, uh, I, I would say to just, I'm going to speak from like experience of four years ago, just stay the fuck off social media, like the day after the election. Um, my, I remember my phone died at like 10 AM. <laughs> I was at work and I was just like, on every social media site like arguing with people in the comments and all that shit and it just did nothing for my mental health it was so damaging and just just fucking stay away from that shit that day like just 
in person the over phone connections only right right that's yeah that's good maybe to do a do not disturb on this or just you know have to make sure yeah right delete the app off your phone temporarily right like you can always do that you can it's always going to be there uh, they want you to come right. back. Take so. Facebook and exactly. Yeah, they're not gonna. If you want to come back, they're not gonna stop you. So just delete right. Facebook and Twitter like off your phone for for forty eight hours yeah. just to give yourself some peace. Well, Mel, this has been um, really helpful. Definitely, I've taken away a lot from this, and I've know I'm gonna you know start my planning of what this looks like right now while I'm in a good place because right there yeah. around like you know planning when you're in a calm space for the not calm. Right. Right. Uh, so, exactly. Um, so that's exactly. a really good advice. I'm going to try to do that this week and I hope everyone else can, can do the same and, and find some peace where they can and know that you guys are all doing your best. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope that too. I hope everybody found some, like maybe some little nuggets of helpful information here and um, you know, y'all are all, doing everything that you can I'm sure to stay mentally healthy and to stay safe and Mm -hmm. um you know we just wish y'all well and and we'll be around um no matter what happens we'll we'll be around so um we'll just continue the conversation um as it goes great well thanks Mel you want to take us out yeah um man it's been a while since we recorded so let me uh (laughs) let me just (laughs) reach into the old brain box and yeah, so um, if you want to connect with us, you can follow us on social media. Um, we are at um, on Instagram, consider th- at Consider Therapy. We're on Twitter at ConsiderCast, Facebook.com slash Consider Therapy. Um, you can email us at ConsiderTherapy at gmail.com. I'm going to be honest, I don't check that email very often. So um, if you really just desperately want to get in touch with us, probably DMing us on Instagram is the best way. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you know, please support the podcast by, um, giving us a a rating or a like, um, on Apple podcasts. You can also find us on Spotify, um, Podomatic, Podchaser, um, where else? Pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Um, we are on there. So, you know, subscribe, rate, review, all the good stuff and yeah, take care of uh, yourselves and each other. Um, And uh, this is Mel and Sam signing off. Bye. Bye.